Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. This is Jessica Van, the founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, and today I am joined by Courtney Puckett. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you bet. So a little context on Courtney. She is the Senior Executive Assistant to the CEO of Crunchbase. And if your role intersects at all with startups or venture capital, then surely you have heard of Crunchbase and know them and have probably used their platform a million times to find things like business or funding information or, um, you know, venture, venture backing background. Courtney has been with Crunchbase for nearly five years, starting there as an office manager and ultimately taking on the role of executive assistant to the CEO, Jagger McConnell. Today, we're going to be talking about all things related to travel in a post-pandemic world. Obviously, COVID has really thrown a monkey wrench in, in travel planning and travel coordination and has layered on a bunch of different additional considerations. So Courtney does quite a bit of traveling in her role, um, in addition to being the brains behind booking any trip on behalf of you know, her executive or her company. So whether it's planning things like an event or an SKO, Courtney is the one to execute travel arrangements for all of the attendees. And today she's going to be walking us through her tips and suggestions for how to navigate travel um, post-COVID. So without any further ado, we're going to jump right in. So to start us off, Courtney, you mentioned that travel is one of your absolute favorite aspects of the EA role. I'd love to know more about why that is, and maybe you can help our listeners, you know, spark joy in terms of their own approach to how they manage travel on behalf of their executives or companies. Yeah, absolutely. So travel is one of my favorite aspects of this role. Uh, I get to visit new and amazing places, but the best part really is cultivating connections in different industries and locations. The connections I make come in so hand, come in handy when you know conflict arises in the moment, or I have a new request, uh, and then also in the future when I'm planning the same trip just in another year. Uh, and for one way to make it more enjoyable. Uh, it's just view it as you're planning a trip for yourself, especially if you're not able to travel with your executive. You're less likely to forget those important details that will probably be needed. And you know, you'll you'll add in things like hot restaurants or maybe events that are happening uh, during that time that they may be able to attend. So view it as more of like a new and exciting project than a daunting task. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think having the the approach of of just being really experiential about it, and you know, what would what kind of experiences would you want if you were the one who was traveling and and really kind of creating that environment for your executive? I like that. So to dive into 
this discussion of post, you know, travel and post COVID. So obviously, you know, travel as we all know it has changed and evolved quite a bit due to things like mask mandates, uh, although a lot of that has been lifted at this point. But nevertheless, you know, as we've seen, they, they, they ebb and flow. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they, they're rescinded. So we have things like mask mandates. We have things like vaccine passports, COVID testing, borders that close at times, quarantine periods. I mean, it's just literally a litany of additional considerations that have to be navigated. So how have these requirements and regulations affected your work? And how much time do you spend now on you know, planning what was once a quick trip? How, is, how has that really changed um, post-COVID? So, right, uh, with the ever-changing requirements, it, it can definitely be hard to keep up and planning has become more challenging. Uh, right now, I'd probably say I spent about double the time um, planning a trip than I did pre-COVID, um, especially when I'm planning international travel. So right now I'm starting to plan an international trip where my CEO Jagger will be speaking at a conference. And with these trips, the different mandates get a little tricky. So it's important for me to be absolutely sure of what they are and what is needed. Uh, for example, the airline may have different requirements than entering the country itself. And the conferences usually have stricter requirements as needing to show a negative 48-hour COVID test to enter. So I will need to know things like where are the testing centers, um, you know, what information and documents do we need to get into the country or onto the airplane? Um, it can be a headache, but just constantly checking what they are in the city, state or country that you're going to will help you be super successful. And th that's really great information. Um, where have you found the best or most available, accurate, up-to-date information regarding things like this? Because, you know, sometimes um, these things are managed, as you mentioned, at the city level. Sometimes they're managed at the state level. Sometimes they're managed at the, at the country level um, or even just at the business level, right? I mean, certain, certain businesses um, may have a certain protocol that is different from the, the citywide level or the statewide ordinance level. So, what have you found to be the easiest ways of extracting that information and making sure that it's current and up to date? Right. So um, just constantly checking what the airline uh, needs. So definitely checking the airline website. And then from there, I mean, you can just do a quick Google search like COVID requirements to get into Portugal, for example, which is where I'm planning our next international trip. Um with, with that trip too, it's a large conference. So the website of the conference has a ton of information around what they'll need and then also kind of what the country or city um, will need as well. So just Google searches, check the airline website, check, um, you know, the, the conference and, and reach out to your connections too if you're unsure of anything because, uh, you know, they, they may have more information than you're able to find. Great. Perfect. So you mentioned you're in the midst of planning this Portugal trip. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about what your process has been and, and how you've navigated um, some, some of the complexities or, you know, what, what sorts of things have, have come up um, in your process of planning for this Portugal trip? With every trip, uh, the planning process is a little different for international um you know, with, with this speaking conference or where Jagger will be speaking at this conference, um, it's, I start with the, you know, where, when, and why. 
So knowing the agenda and venue of the event allows me to book the right flights, hotels, and car services to ensure my executive is where they need to be and when they need to be there. Um, And then once I sort out all those big details, I'll start to build out a detailed itinerary um, with information such as, you know, time to leave the hotel, location of the stage or meeting, and dinner reservations with confirmation numbers. I always check what the traffic generally looks like uh, during the times my executive will be traveling to and from a venue um, so they know exactly when they need to leave the hotel or location they're at, or I can book a car service to pick them up at the right time. And with international travel, I always, always take into account the time changes and potential jet lag that may um, happen. So there's enough time to adjust ahead of the event itself. And one thing that's been super helpful uh, with any trip or event I plan is I house everything in a Google Drive folder. So everything for each trip in there is the itinerary, must know information, any on-site contacts, dossiers of attendees, and a map of the venue. So having everything in one place uh, that's easy for me or my executive to reference is it's very vital for these trips. Um, and also stay up to date with the news that's happening in the state, city, or country you're planning to travel to. Um, as we know, you know, things can change county to county. So just always checking what's going on in that area, you know, one to two months before will help you stay on top of what's needed. Yeah. And so for instance, like with this conference that that you're planning, is this a conference that is being hosted and run by Crunchbase or is is Jagger an attendee at the conference? Uh, Jagger will be an attendee at this conference. So it's important to know, um, you know, make sure that his speaking uh, panel is prepped, uh, that he has all of the comms things that he needs. Um, Like I said, making sure he's where he needs to be when he needs to be there, doing dossiers of the um, other panelists and the moderators, uh, making sure he's prepped for any media interviews that he may have. so really just making sure he's as prepared as possible is super important while he's an attendee at these events. We talked a little bit about some of the additional things that you add to your your travel checklist, right? And you mentioned things like access to COVID testing and, you know, any specific um, testing requirements that, that a country or location may have, um, which is great. And that's, I think that's a great insight. What about when, you know, we're talking about planning for, for events that include more than just your executive? So if we're talking about things that, for instance, pertain to the entire company or the entire team, such as an SKO or a President's Club trip, which I know you also are involved in, can you speak to the additional layers that come up for you when you're planning or thinking through an event that involves, you know, 10 plus, 50 plus people? Right. So planning travel for multiple attendees is no easy feat, but I personally find it so fun, especially when planning a trip like President's Club or SCO. Uh, There's so many moving pieces. So first and foremost, before I do any uh, sourcing or planning, I always confirm budget with my finance team. So that always helps tremendously when I start to get in contracts and proposals. Um, And then as like for the sales kickoff trip we just did in April, I'll reach out to multiple hotels and venues to see one, if they can accommodate the numbers of rooms needed, 
um, have a space that we need for the event. Uh, and, you know, the requirements that my leadership or executives may uh, want. So uh, one thing that we've been cautious of is always finding restaurants that have outdoor locations to make sure everyone feels safe and comfortable. Uh, also, we do things like we'll send out surveys for um, if anybody wants a COVID test. So I send COVID tests to the attendees who may be coming. Uh, you know, I give access to all of, again, I use Google Drive to house all of the information. So I give access to the leadership and executive for visibility. So everyone is on the same page. Um, but also, you know, you want to find a venue that has the same COVID guidelines or um, standards that you do as, as a company. So you know, we don't want to go somewhere that's super lax on, you know, whether COVID is an issue or not. Um, and, you know, talk to your executives and see what special requirements they want, you know, like like the outdoor restaurants. And when you say that you're that you try to, you know, kind of identify a venue that that has um, a fairly rigorous approach to COVID um, management, what do you mean by that? Like, are you talking about, does this venue require, you know, um, COVID testing for people before they come in or, or what can you, can you comment a little bit further on what you mean by that? Right. Yeah. So if, you know, I know a lot of places are doing any more, but like proof of vaccine. So, um, you know, we do code of honor at Crunchbase. We ask everybody to send in, you know, their, their vaccine card or, take a 48 hour uh, COVID test beforehand and, you know, come if it's a negative result, but we won't ask to see the result. So we want to ensure that our venue, you know, isn't just letting anybody, you know, come in that they are doing their due diligence in a sense um, that is up to our standards. So, you know, all of our guests are safe and comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's a key thing too, right? Is, you know, how do people approach that now? And, and obviously you, I mean, part of hosting is like bare minimum is ensuring a good experience for your guests and ensuring that their comfort and their well-being are um, considered and safeguarded, but also that just experientially that, that it's a good experience. So I think, you know, it seems to me that the, the burden on the event planner, in this case yourself, has, has really increased, right? Because you need to, you know, disseminate what, what those standards are and, and what those expectations are and make sure that everybody's on board, everybody's complying so that people do feel comfortable coming. Um, so it's just, there's just all these other additional layers, but I, I think a lot of it does come in at a policy level and saying and deciding, you know, as you guys have done at Crunchbase is what is our, what is our policy around this? Um, where, what is our stance? You know, are, are we taking a hardline approach to this? Are we doing an honor policy? Are we making events optional for people? I mean, I think a lot of this really does happen at the leadership level to decide what, what, like, where do you draw your line and then really upholding that in, in how you plan and, you know, considering that and, and, and planning the event accordingly. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, knowing those standards and being sure of them, 
when you're sourcing a venue or restaurant and stuff, that's kind of where it can get frustrating because you're going to get a lot of no's or you're going to find a lot that conflict with your policy. So, um, and again, the most important aspect is making sure everyone feels comfortable, safe, has a great time and enjoys the experience and gets the most out of it. So, um, you know, I always make sure that everything is hit to make those things happen. Yeah, that's great. Have you ever encountered a situation where you have had a COVID outbreak at one of your events, like an SKO or a presence club or something like that? And, and how have you had to manage that logistically? Thankfully, we have not. So that is not something I've had to encounter yet. Uh, uh, I know that, you know, if, if it did happen, we would probably let all the attendees know. Um, but again, I haven't experienced that, so I can't really talk too much to it. Yeah. Well, you're one of the lucky ones. And <laughs> I have to say Maven, knock on wood, is, is, is been very lucky as well with every, every group event that we have hosted um, post-COVID has thankfully not had any, um, any instances. But that's amazing. When I, it is amazing. I'm so grateful. And I, I mean, we do a lot of the same things that you that you're describing. We, you know, we have required COVID tests before arrival. I mean, we we do as much um, outdoor you know activities as we possibly can. So we, I mean, we think that we apply the a, a level of diligence. But I I hear of a lot of companies that have these get-togethers or these conferences or these holiday parties, and then there is inevitably uh, some kind of a an outbreak. Um, post post the event. So I'm, I'm like you, I feel really fortunate that somehow we've escaped that. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to navigate. Right. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. So what additional words of wisdom do you have for our listeners whose you know, heads may be spinning around when what to do when it comes to booking travel these days um, and how to really take it all in stride. Do you have any further advice to, to make this, you know, be less of a headache for them or to feel less daunting? Yeah. So if you haven't already have a one-on-one to talk through how your exec usually books travel for themselves. Uh, I had one of these with Jagger a couple years ago and it helped tremendously because uh, it gives you insight into their thought process and pre- uh, preferences that will be helpful for you. So, for example, if flying into New York, they may prefer Newark Airport over JFK. Uh, And again, how's all that information like uh, their preferences, airline uh, seat requirements, uh, any loyalty numbers like uh, for hotels or airlines and have copies of their vaccine card, ID and passport if possible, because having all this information in one uh, area and on hand will really ease the process with planning. Um, And then again, always do your due diligence and have answers for any questions that may come up. Um, And then always be kind and patient. Uh, It's always going to be a struggle, especially now in this post-pandemic world. But um, just being kind and patient will always get you farther. Yeah, I I really like that, Courtney. I think that's a really, really smart um, and astute point that you bring up about this is just to me it's like it's one more thing that you as an executive assistant need to take into consideration right so before it was hey how does my executive like to travel what types of accommodations do they like to stay in 
Um, you know, what are their preferences for ground transportation and how do they like information packages, packaged and things of that nature? Well, now it's like, okay, we also have to consider what is their tolerance or comfort level around um, travel in COVID. And it, to me, it's just, it's just one more layer. And everybody's, everybody's approach to this is very different. Some people have much more strict um, uh, set of requirements. Some people are much more tolerant and much more lax and comfortable. So I think it really does go back to, as you suggest, calibrating, you know, and, and having those calibration conversations. Is your executive going to be super uncomfortable, you know, going to a meeting a, a, a key client in a um, I don't know, some kind of stadium environment, right? Where there's 50,000 attendees at a concert. Um, would they be much more comfortable going to an outdoor venue where they can meet with this customer um, in a more open, less congested way? So I think it really is about you knowing your executive's preferences and their style and really pivoting around that. Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone is different. So, so knowing what those standards are for that executive is extremely important because again, it's not going to transfer from one exec to the other. Yeah, I agree. Great. Well, this has been great. I think this is a lot of really tactical and um, tangible advice for people. Um, and, and really, I think it's a good checklist for those who are approaching travel planning and event planning in this environment. It's a, it's a great checklist that you've given of all the different layers and touch points and um, kind of validations that they should go through before putting something together um, for an executive or for a group of, of people for that matter. So this is a really great um, list of advice and pointers. Um, so thank you for that. And I just have one final question for you, which is our, um, our key question to all of our guests. And that is, if you had the opportunity to support anyone in the world, um, whether it's modern day or post um, in history, who would you choose and why? So I thought about this one a lot and I came to Jackie Kennedy, actually, and not only because she was fabulous in all of the senses, but she really cared about making the world and our nation a better place um, from restoring the White House to have it, you know, be a museum of American uh, history to promoting the arts and just being an ambassador of goodwill. Jackie really did it all. And what I love the most about her is first, her first and foremost priority was raising her children to be kind and respectful humans, which I believe to be the most important role in the world. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a really great, um, that's a great answer and one that I don't believe we've had yet. Um, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, those closet purges wouldn't have, wouldn't have been so bad either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you could have been on the receiving end of some of those. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. I very much appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for this great advice and um, wonderful to have you. Thank you for having me. I loved it. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www 
www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.